This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at Healthcare Info Security, and today we're talking to Gerard Nussbaum, Director of Technology Services for Kurt Simon Associates. Thanks for joining me today, Gerard. Thank you. You just gave a presentation here at the AHIMA Legal EHR Summit about cloud computing, served on a panel, and one of the points you mentioned was that uh, hospitals and other providers need to check their liability insurance coverage when it comes to uh, cloud computing risk. Can you describe those details? It applies to cloud computing, it also applies to many other forms of computing infrastructure. So some of the issues relate to just the coverages that the organization has in the event that something goes awry. So a breach, for example, and the allocation responsibility. Some contracts from IT vendors, including cloud computing vendors, result in the assignment of the liability to the hospital for certain events and the hospital may find that standard business coverages do not cover such cyber liabilities. These include things like breaches, security violations, and the like, and this becomes especially serious when you consider that a electronic record could have hundreds of thousands or millions of records, and the cost of dealing with and cleaning up a breach um, can run, depending on the severity of it and what information is released, to you know, fifty to hundred dollars per year per patient, and gee, a hundred million dollars is a big, pretty big number for most people, and uh, even a hundred thousand dollars is a pretty big number for most people in this healthcare environment. So, what kinds of precautions should folks be taking when they're reviewing their insurance liability coverage? Well, it first starts with reviewing the indemnity clauses in the contract itself and the assignment of responsibility. They need to carefully talk to their insurance carrier. Um, about the levels of coverage and be sure that events are either covered or they buy riders. In many cases, you're going to be forced to buy a rider because either the vendor will be unwilling to meet your requirements on the indemnity side or may be fiscally unable to, which is a secondary issue because even where you might be able to get the appropriate indemnity language in the contract, Indemnity language is only as good as the money, the money in the bank behind it or the insurance coverage of a vendor. And especially in the cloud space, there are a lot of smaller vendors who may not have the financial wherewithal to withstand a adverse event, especially when one of the benefits of cloud computing is the economies of scale. Everyone's up on that platform. So it's not just a question of whether my 25 providers were breached but most likely it would be every one of their customers and that could be a bankrupting event for the entity an entity without sufficient coverage the vendor without sufficient coverage would then fail to be able to pay off on the indemnity both because it's been a death knell for the organization and without adequate vendor coverage there would be nobody backstopping them so the organization the healthcare organization needs to think clearly about well is there adequate coverage? Does the vendor have adequate coverage? And if not, what is the cost of the rider from their current insurance carrier to cover specific events? Having said that, there are many of the primary insurance companies who are still exploring their way through exactly how they would measure and quantify the potential liability if they were to issue such riders so they either may be unavailable or extremely expensive. 
What are two or three of the most important questions regarding privacy and security that you should pose before you enter a contract with a cloud vendor? Uh, the first question may seem obvious, but it's, have you had a breach yet? And if so, describe not only the cause of the breach, but the root cause analysis process you went through to establish what needed to be corrected and the corrective action you took. The second aspect of that is, well, how big was the breach and how did your customers feel about that? I think the next step is to make sure that all appropriate security measures are in place. HIPAA is wonderful because there are many things that are addressable, which some people think means optional. It is not. So getting a look at their HIPAA security risk analysis will be very important. This would be companion to making sure that they've had independent third-party reviews such as a SAS 70 audit and that they've taken the corrective actions necessary to address the deficiencies or management comments raised by such an audit. Now, are there particular details that belong in the business associate agreement versus the contract? Well, the answer to that question, I suppose, is I don't view a business associate agreement as independent from the contract. Oh, okay. It's usually in a, an exhibit to the contract, which makes it part of the contract, and so many of those things are just organizational. One of the key things, since business associates are now subject to many of the same restrictions from the regulatory and legal perspective as covered entities, we've moved to a point where understanding and clearly delineating how you're going to coordinate in the event of a breach becomes important, and especially given the responsibility of the covered entity to still take action, you have to make sure that the reporting period from your business associate is short enough to allow the covered entity to do an appropriate assessment and make its responsibilities clear. So the default in the law, if you let the business associate do the entire length of the laws period for certain actions, then the covered entity has no time to take its own action and because it's its data, it still has responsibilities. So allocation responsibilities, time frames, clearly outlining who has the responsibility for notification, what the covered entity's um, role is in approving or reviewing any disclosures to patients or report outs to patients if it's determined that the business associate or the vendor should be the one doing that reporting. You have to coordinate and have a unified front and then responsibility for any ongoing monitoring costs such as financial monitoring or reputational monitoring needs to be clearly laid out. Business associate agreement organizationally in terms of the contract is a useful place to put that, but it's all part of the contract. Any, any final thoughts on what else should be in the contract when it comes to security? A contract usually represents a set of mutual compromises hmm. and the organization needs to understand explicitly what risks it's taking and must be on a managerial level comfortable with the risks it's taking, which means sometimes that the contract gets longer because you're specifically addressing things or you have a side list of things that because they weren't addressed, the organization is ending up responsible for and they need to be comfortable with that responsibility and the risk that comes with it. Very good. Thanks very much, Sir, for talking to us today. Thank you, Howard. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.